Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. Uh, I want to read this out to you. And you may remember yesterday we spoke to Cheryl and she came on the show to appeal for support to help her deal with her son's challenging behaviour. He had autism and he was beating her on a daily basis. Now, her son is in Temple Street Hospital at the moment, but she wants to bring him home and have some sort of respite. But uh, I got a message from another parent and I'll read it out to you. Hi, Nal. I was listening to that heartbreaking interview you had yesterday with a woman whose son has autism and was beating her regularly. My heart broke listening to her mainly because I could relate to it so much. I cried uh, because I could hear how much help uh, she needed and I know firsthand that the help just isn't there. My own son is 13 years of age when I was forced to put him into residential care. He also has autism and extremely challenging behaviour. He beat me a couple of times, uh, but nothing to the extent of that poor woman who was on your show yesterday. I could not cope anymore and sadly was forced to put him into care. I have two other children who are younger than him. Uh, They were not getting any of my time because I had to look after their brother 24-7. It has caused a lot of problems in the family. Some of my family members completely disagreed with my decision to put him into residential care. My own mother would not speak to me for a very long time. She believed I had abandoned my child and said that she would never do that uh, to me or any of my siblings. I was heartbroken. It was a very hard decision to make. I visit my son a lot, but I will admit there is a level of guilt still to this day when I leave him uh, that my decision to put him into care was a bad one as a mother. I have to live with that guilt on a daily basis. I don't think uh, this is spoken about among p- amongst people. They assume that because you're a mother that you should be able to pu- put up with anything. This is not the case. Mothers are human too. Maybe you could talk about this in your show, uh, but I won't come on the air. Thanks. Now, I don't know if you kind of got the gist of that, and I think you did. Uh, she mentions that her own mother wouldn't speak to her for a long time after she put her son into residential care uh, because the mother accused her of abandoning her own son. That seems really harsh to me, or maybe there are people out there who would completely disagree with the idea of putting a child into residential care to think that a mother should always look after their child. I don't need a father if that's the case as well, but it's primarily mothers that end up in these situations. However, there are parents out there who cannot cope with the home situation, with their children, and they feel like residential care is the only option or the best option for their child. And not just with a child with autism, but with a child with any other disability that requires 24-hour you know, 24 hours a day um, care. I want to get your thoughts on this. Is there anything wrong with a parent putting their child, 12 or 13 years of age, into residential care? Is there anything actually wrong with that? Do you believe as a mother you should be able to take anything and accept anything? Is it wrong on all levels to put your own child into residential care? Let me know what you think. And the number is 087-188-0008. Maybe you've been in that position. Liz, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Liz? Hi, Niall. Uh, Liz, do you think a parent um, should put a child into residential care if indeed that child is a very challenging behaviour? I think if it's necessary, yeah, you have to think of yourself as well. As, as the email said, a mother isn't just a mother, she's a woman, she's a person. A human being, of course, yeah. Yeah, exactly, Has and no human being should have to put up with that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm of the opinion, like if your child got 12 or 13 and he's beating you every day, how do you get to that age by doing that? Well, we, no, we, I, I, I don't know whether that. you heard the interview yeah, yesterday. Yeah, I did hear yeah. it, but I, just, I have to be honest, I still don't think any disability in the world is a reason enough to allow your child to do that to you, to be honest. But well, what, would you do? what would you do in that situation? Liz? <clears throat> I honestly don't know, because thankfully I haven't been in it. But at the same time, from the very first time that he laid his hands on it, even if he was only a small child, like you have to... 
you have to walk to, to not allow them to do that. Do you know what I mean? But that's yes, e- that's easy for a child who has a... But yeah, but what I'm saying is that's easy for a child who has, you know, regular cognitive thinking. But when you're talking about a child who has the cognitive age of a four-year-old at 12 years of age or 13 years of age, whatever it happens to be. I know, but I wouldn't let a four-year-old hit me. Yeah, but I, but I, 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 but I, I mean? understand. So but even I, I know. they only have that cognitive ability, there is still some cognitive ability there. But as I said, as I said that's beside the but point. But that's easy for us to say, Liz. We're not dealing with that child. And there are people listening today who have children with autism who say, Liz... You know, and I'm, I'm not saying it to you, but you haven't a clue what you're talking about. And Do you I understand what I'm saying? No, no but I do, and I honestly don't have an in of that circumstance. I don't have an idea what it's like to deal with a child with autism, mm. however severe it is on the scale. I just think that surely, if there's some cognitive ability there, surely to God you could have stopped that when it started. But as I said, it, it's the situation is what it is now, and I don't think there's anything wrong with parents putting their child into residential care if that's the type of life and, and would you, they don't deserve to live that nobody deserves to live a life like that would you say the same thing about a, say a child that has a disability for example that requires 24 hour care that you know say a mother is saying well hold on I have three of the children I have a husband I have a family everything is being ignored because I have to look after this child so I'm going to put the child into residential care is that a selfish act to do that I don't think so because it's not. It's I don't think a parent would do it lightly, and I don't think it's just a case of oh I can't cope with this child so I'm pawning her off. So I don't think it's so selfish that they're only thinking of themselves. As you said, if it was if it was a parent with other children and just knew that they weren't coping, it's okay to admit you're not coping and to look for help. And if residential care is going to get that help for you, I don't see a problem with it. But do you, but do you have a duty? So bad you can't cope with it. Do you have a duty as a mother? Because obviously you're a mother, I'd be a father. But do you have a duty to look after your children come hell or high water? Yeah, but is is getting them the care they need, the kind of care they need that you know you can't give them yourself? Is that not is that not doing that? Is that not doing your duty by your child and getting them the best care possible? And you know in your own self that you're not capable of giving them that care. But it, might, but it might not be the best care because they'll say a mother, there's no love like a mother's love, like a parent's love, right? And so you're putting the child into residential care. Yes, you know, you have professionals who are trained. Well, well, hang on. Yes, you have professionals who are trained to restrain them if they become violent or physical. Yes, you have professionals there to deal with whatever medical needs they have. But they won't get the love that they get at home. Yeah, but they're not being, it's not like they're just going to put them into a residential home and never see them again. I mean, yeah, and surely you, that's you not the way them. the homes work. No, you can visit them, I suppose. Do you know what I mean? It, it, like, the way the way some people were re- are reacting to it is, oh, my God, you're just dumping your child in a residential care home, and that's but to a lot of people, To a lot of people, that's you know what, what I mean? it is. You know, yeah, you are dumping not, them. That's not the end of, the, of your relationship with your child. It's just a case of taking them out of the environment of your home to, to make it safe. No human should have to live in fear of whether it's a child with a disability or not. It's no parent or no other family member should have to live in fear of anyone else in the house. And unfortunately, even if it is a child, if it's a case of removing them for, even if it's only a short period of time or for the length, for any length of time, you have to look after your own self as well. You okay, well, 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 do me a favor. Stay there, Liz. I have to take a break. Uh, keep texting. Uh, keep WhatsApping. Uh, Liz doesn't see an issue with it, provided it's in the best interest of the child. Uh, let me know what you think. Uh, the number is 87 Is it selfish of a parent to want to put the child into residential care? A child that has 
challenging behaviour. This particular email from a woman says she has a 13-year-old. And although nothing along the scales of what Cheryl is dealing with, as she talked about daily beatings from her own son, she has been physically attacked once or twice, this woman, by her child, but just felt that her other children, the reason she did it was because her family were being ignored. She felt it was too, putting too much of a strain because she's other children and siblings younger than this child and she wasn't giving them the attention they need as well. So she put the child into residential care. Her parent, her mother wouldn't even speak to her after she did it. Said it was selfish. Roisin, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Roisin? Hi, how are you? Good. Roisin, I mean, is putting a child into residential care, is that kind of throwing your hands in the air and giving up on your own child? No, it's definitely not because I'm um, a parent to a little boy that has autism. He's three, he's nearly four. And I know, like, in the autism community, they don't really use the spectrum anymore, you know, they don't really say high function or low function, but in the reality of it is, there's people out there that are have, say, Asperger's and they're going to be able to work and live a relatively normal yeah, life. Yeah, there's something, there's still, so some kids have different sets of problems. We, yeah. yeah, and then I think what people miss is, it's not just autism. When a child is attending a special skill and they need to go into residential care or anything like that, there's also an intellectual disability there, you know, so it's not just that they're autistic, it's that they have a cognitive age that is nowhere near the age that they are. But if, you're, but if your child got to, say, 12 years of age, as Cheryl, who spoke to us yesterday, her child was 12 years of age, and yeah. he's now six foot tall or five foot, whatever it is. Yeah, exactly. And, and he's like a young man, essentially, right? And, and he's beating her. He's hitting her. You know what yeah. I mean? And now she, and by the way, she didn't saying. mention residential care. She was talking about looking for more re- respite. But the girl yeah. who sent in the message said she put her child in residential care because he was hitting her. Yeah, and the girl that was on there a second ago, she was saying, oh, well, I wouldn't let a child hit me. But in reality, like my son, when he was diagnosed, he was diagnosed as mild to with some aspects of mo- like being moderate, but he's still very young, you know. Mm. But in reality, people say, oh, I wouldn't let my child do this, I wouldn't let my child do that. But what are you actually going to do? Like, because you have a few options either. A, hit him back, which is wrong. Mm. B, lock him in a room, which is... Equally as wrong. Yeah. Not any quality of life. Three, try reason with them, but what are you supposed to do with a child that genuinely does not understand? Like, what can you actually do? And it's one thing when a child doesn't understand and they're younger and they're small, but for an adult mm-hmm. that is bigger and stronger than that person, if they don't physically understand what you're saying, they're obviously deeply frustrated. And it's not a decision that I don't think any parent would want to make, you know? I mean, she, she said when she made this decision, her mother wouldn't speak to her for a year because she said it was the wrong thing. She said she had abandoned her child. Yeah, but that's just absolutely ridiculous. Like, no mother... Could you do, but could you do that? I mean, if, if it turned out, and God, I hope it doesn't happen, right? But if it turned out that your child, when they got to 12 years of age, became physically violent with you, and you just felt that your life was a mess, I mean, as a human being, not just as a mother, uh, that you just couldn't take any more of this, could you actually put your child into residential care? I, if I felt it was for his safety, and I like, uh, God forbid anything like that ever happened, but realistically, if it was for his own safety and for your safety and for the safety of the other people in the house and for everyone's quality of life, what could you actually do? Like, that's not quality of life for the child either, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, if the mother doesn't have, and I, I hate the way it always comes down to the mother as I well. Know, like, I no, know, I no know, I know, I know. No one's saying... The father. Where's the father? Where's the father? Like, because it's not... People just... Well, I, I, I know we live in a modern world, you know, with but allegedly no sexism, but, but, yeah. but look, it is still primarily, you know, women who end up being yeah, the caregivers for children. 
to be honest, like before I had a child with autism, like you know, you know, think about it. Like, like I put my hands up and say I was completely ignorant to it. Like, I, why would I think about it? It wasn't part of my daily life, you know. And how has it changed? Uh, how has it changed your daily life having a child with autism? Well, you know, like my son, like he's very, you know, we didn't know he was autistic until he was two, because he's not like he's quite sociable and he's funny and like in my stereotype. In my mind, I was like, oh, well, if he's autistic, he's not going to be funny and he's not going to be doing all... Like, that was just And what, what were the signs for you? I mean, when you... Because uh, he's quite young to be mainly, diagnosed. It was yeah. just mainly his speech. Um, just kind of, like, didn't progress completely. Like, he could talk, but it was, like, you know, limited. And then he'd have, like, very repetitive play. Like, other children would be sitting there, like, playing dollies and... Norris's or whatever, and he'd be like organising the blocks by colour coordination. <laughs> like, right, okay, so he's quite meticulous like, about things. But but yeah. in saying that, he might be just different to other children. No, in, in respect, no, no, no. Because no, and I'm, no, I'm not, not. I'm not saying you're not right, but I just find nowadays, I think child psychologists and psychiatrists are very quick to diagnose children and label I don't children. Think it's even that. I actually just think, like, now if you, if you met my son, like you would. After a few minutes, you'd be like, okay, like, yeah, there is thing, okay, right, things okay. to recognise. But I do think what it is, is like, years ago, people just say, oh, there was no autistic people. Like, there, there was. was. There was. They just weren't diagnosed. They were being diagnosed. They were just called, they were they were called slow. Like, yes. Oh, they were a bit odd, or yeah. they were a bit antisocial, or they were a bit strange. And, like, they were more than likely autistic, but they just weren't diagnosed. So I mean, like, that's I, what I'm saying. It was different times. We we didn't diagnose. We didn't have the understanding yeah. that we have nowadays. But but Definitely. stay. Well, stay there for a second because Louise, you're on Classic Hits. Hey, Louise. Hi, Niall. How are you, uh, Louise? Hello. I mean, could you understand why somebody would want to put a child in residential care? I can relate big time. My son sucks, and he has violent tendencies. The majority of them would be just towards me to a lesser extent to his sister. Um, I'm lucky in that me and my partner are together, and we can work together and handle them. I mean. They offer you courses, you know, to, to help you deal with the violence, to help you minimise it and stuff. Um, and why would he be? Why would he be violent? Which is just random, is it? Or yeah, well, like I mean, frustration. Time, I was, it is down to frustration, lack of speech, not being able to communicate what he wants. Routine is a big thing with my son. Like I mean, for example, it's now gone to the stage where when I have to collect him, Aiden from school, my partner will have to come with me because. He want a McDonald's every single day, and no, you're, I'm sorry, you're not getting a McDonald's every single day. And my partner is not in the car. He will pull up the handbrake of the car, or he will put the car into neutral, or he will pull my hair. You know, and it's, gosh, it's just not, and. And to anybody looking from the outside, that just looks like a bold child. But to you, because you're dealing with it every day, yeah. I've had those comments. I've had people saying, "Oh, he's very bold," and. You know, I, I was sorry, excuse me, he's not both. He's ASD. Yeah. You know, um, but look, all you can do is, is just keep following the procedures that you're given. Keep trying to minimise it. Keep trying to... And what, what happens when, when he pulls your hair or when he pulls the handbrake of the car or when he does something like that and you just say to him, don't do that and you, you kind of hold his hand or say, don't do that and you look at him in a stare voice, what's his reaction to you? For, for those who don't understand that, you know what I mean? The that I am, the kind of, I am human. So, but, you know, the calmer I am, the calmer I am, the quicker, the, it's known as a meltdown, the quicker the meltdown will pass. I would say to him, nice hands, hands down, 
no, so, no. So wait, when, when you pull, when he pulls your hair, you say, yeah, you, you're I, calm. I'm as calm as I can be. At this stage, I'm used to it. You know what I mean? But, that, but, stage, that, but is that, isn't that horrible that you're used to something like that? Well, what, what can I do? He is my child. Mm. You know what I mean? I brought him to the doctor. I had to pay for a private diagnosis. The HSE lost Aiden's application. They were not at all. So, I mean, Aiden was diagnosed by Dr. Fitzgerald. Parents that he's never tired. People had yeah, their views on him. But mm. uh, in my eyes, I needed that pay. I knew Aiden was autistic from the time he was about two. You just know when it's your own child. Um, and, and what sort of help that, are you getting from the States, from CAMS and everyone else? Nothing. I, to be honest with you, I wouldn't even entertain CAMS. Mm. It's a long waiting list, I know that. Yeah. No, it's not. It's, not, it's a long waiting no list. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Believe me, ladies, I, I do realise I have a daughter with dyspraxia. So I've, <laughs> I've, been, I've been to, now obviously not on the same, she never pulled me hair or anything, that no, kind of stuff. I have, two, I have two brothers that have dyspraxia and it yeah. is Yeah, it is my daughter has that. So I do understand the lack of support and I do understand how useless some of the government bodies are in relation to deal with it. And then when your daughter or son gets to the age of 12 or 13 and they go into secondary school, they don't want to know about them. Yeah. Well, that's the last thing I'd, I'd do. I, but no, I, I, are you doing? Is it, Louisa, have you got your, your son on Ritalin? Or? I have my son on CBD oil, and it has helped him enormously. Well, some people have said that, yeah. Yeah, yeah it has helped him enormously. Um, do you think it calms him down? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it also helps taste good. My mm. son has a restrictive diet, it's helped him try different foods. I'm also dealing with a second. When you say restrictive diet, what well, he, he he's just really chicken fussy. nuggets. Yeah, oh yeah, chicken nuggets, um, ice pops. Toast has toast has to be cut a certain way, or it won't be eaten. Um, and what would happen? Because I'm just curious. So let's say you didn't get him chicken nuggets, or you didn't get him what he wanted. <laughs> And you said, Russ Grant, as my father probably would have done my day, you can starve, so. so oh, what, what would happen? Would he, would he literally yes, starve? They would yes. starve, yeah, they would. Yes. Like, they would literally it's go. It's not is as that... simple as them. No, I mean, I, it's not. It's not as simple as, oh, don't get them that, they leave something else. No, they won't. I, I've like, had people in a professional capacity saying that to me. Don't get, don't yeah, get them nuggets. He will yeah. eat something else. You don't realise the sensory issue they don't like the texture of certain foods in their mouth and it will cause them to gag and choke in a lot of cases the amount of ignorance mm-hmm. with yeah, well, of a better children that have to be hospitalised and had a you know yeah. like be force fed literally yeah, yeah. yeah like, okay wait, sorry hang on Liz are you still there Liz are you still there Oh, I've lost this. I'll come back to her in a few minutes. Yeah. But, but, sorry. Hello? Yeah, but there was a, there was a lot of people. I, Liz was on, who was on earlier on there a few minutes ago. She, she was saying she kind of didn't really have an understanding and she was kind of saying, well, if they're bold or they're pulling your hair or they're hitting you or slapping you, why can't you just say, don't do that again? It's just uh, you know what? Um, yeah. I mean, you're talking about a country where Tusla, child protection, don't offer any autistic services. You're talking no. about a country, yeah. You're talking about and it has a huge strain and effect on parents as well. You know, oh, like, in, like I think I mean, nearly every autistic parent, autism parent, has some form of like anxiety or depression. Yeah. Or, well, I can imagine it would have to have a serious effect as a, as a human being trying to deal with that on a daily basis. Sorry, Liz, are you gone? Are you there? No, I'm here. To hear. Liz, do, do you have a bit listening to Louise and um, also listening to? Um, Roisin's story do you have a better understanding because you were kind of I, when I said to you there earlier on you know it's very difficult for you to understand because you don't have a child with autism but you, you yeah. heard what Louise is saying that in the car he'd be pulling her hair or if, he, if she wouldn't bring him to McDonald's and get him nuggets yeah and that I, 
I have to be honest, I don't even know how I deal with that because I'm very short on patience as just in general, part of my personality. Um, but I just wonder, she, she can tell him now. And I know she, has, she said she has to have her husband in the car so he doesn't do those things. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, she, you can get him to understand that now he's not having that. So I don't understand, I can't understand how... At some stage. But see, you're, you're, but you're thinking of this from a child with a normal sense of thinking. Uh, unfortunately, with children who have autism or have been diagnosed with autism, they don't think normally. Excuse me, Excuse me I resent that word, normal. I resent well, No, I said, a, I said a normal sense of thinking. Yeah, but I resent that phrase. Well, I, As a well, parent, he's wired a little differently, like all autistic kids. But I do resent that phrase, you saying a normal sense of thinking. Well, it would be normal a sense of thinking as most people, as Liz, who doesn't have a child with autism, would see it as. No, if, if you're, you're referring I'm, to I'm that. Not, I'm, not going to, you know, I'm not going to be pedantic about words, Louise. Oh, I, un- I, have a very, I have a very good understanding of what autism is and what it's like to have a child with special needs. Yes, but well, he is normal. There's nothing wrong with my child. No, but nobody's saying there's anything wrong with your child. But people obviously with all, our children with autism or children with special needs have a very different sense of thinking. And for somebody like Liz... That to her, that's not her normal. Say the when same they, way, uh, the same way as her, Liz's child to you would not be your normal. Like I work with children, and I say I could be with seven kids that are all neurotypical, and I could be sitting there, and they could all be having a bad day or whatever. But I would be able to calm that situation down in five minutes, as opposed to my An hour, child. two hours. Yeah, yeah, it could be hours. So that's how I really realised that it wasn't, it's not me, it's not anything I do, and it's not the way I parent. It's just, they genuinely don't, it, like you could say to another child, no, don't do that. You're not going to get any, you're not going to be able to watch telly, you're not going to get sleep, blah, blah, blah. You can use things as, you know, <laughs> sounds awful, but you know what I mean? You could say, like, no, you're not going to have that. But with autism, it, it doesn't mean anything. It's like but is, a, is it not a sense of bartering sometimes that you, as you would, you know, uh, with any child, that you can barter in some way? You that, can but, in some way. Yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. Well, sorry yeah. you, do, you do first and last. Like I'd often say to Aiden, you know, first bath, and you show him a picture of a bath, and then yeah. loop to loop. Sometimes that will be pink and pictures. Yeah, you need to be quite. Visual, like visual. Okay, yeah, well, 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 hang on a second. I'm going to go to Sarah as well because Sarah, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Sarah? Hi, nice. How are you? How are you doing? Sarah, you have a child with a disability. Yes. And you, you heard the email I read earlier on about somebody who put their child at 12 years of age into residential care because she believes she just couldn't handle the behaviour anymore. Um, and it can be quite challenging having a child with autism or having a child with a disability it can be quite uh, challenging, particularly if you've got other family members and siblings to look after as well. Is it easy for you to do it? No, I wouldn't say it's challenging, Niall. I would say it's all-encompassing. It, it takes over your life. You're talking about a, a 14, 15-hour day taking care of a child with disability. In my case, a very young child, a five-year-old. Mm-hmm. And, and what's, what's his disability? Um, uh, the child suffered um, um, a brain injury after she was born. Okay. So she has profound difficulties. And until you've, you, you know, you've gone a mile, even in somebody's shoes, who's looking after a child with that level of complexity of needs, nobody else should judge them whether you put them into care or not. I'm I'm relatively young at the moment, but how can I say when I reach 60, 70 years of age what I'm going to be physically able to do for this child? And I think it's wrong of that mother. And is is your child a wheelchair user? 
Yes, she is, yeah. Okay, she has so, some mobility, but not great Okay, mobility. so so what you were thinking of the future when she's 15, yeah. 16 years of age, how are you going to carry her up the stairs or into a bathroom? Well, even, or Yeah, well, even before that, and there's also another issue around, you know, this whole level, you know, that those parents are kind of discussing. When their child turns 18 and finishes mainstream school, who's going to look after that child if the parent has to work to pay the mortgage? There's not a lot of adult services for children with autism or disability. And what do you do then? Do you pay a one-to-one carer while you keep working for the last part of your working life? And have you thought about your future? Do you think about yes. your future? Yes. I think about those 13 years when my child will be 18 and I'll have to work till I'm 70 to pay a mortgage and how I'm going to financially manage that at the end of my life, you know, working life. I don't want to put her into care and please God, I won't. But if my health fails, what am I going to do? I'm a single parent, so mm. it's on my shoulders. And, and do you have other children? Yes, I do. I have a little five-year-old boy as well. So, and how? I mean, when you when I read this email, something that, that kind of dawned on me was something maybe we don't think of when you have a child with autism or you have a child with a disability or whatever it happens to be that you do need to give a lot of attention to. That sometimes yes. it's to the behest of the other children that you have in the family. Yes, it can be very difficult. But on the other side, it can show the child's tolerance. The other sibling is not affected. The tolerance and love of a family mm-hmm. that, that society is diverse, but. You know, you know, you have to kind of live with a family for a couple of days and work those long hours and carry that responsibility all the time to understand what that means. And I don't think anybody should judge a parent that has to make that difficult decision. What's your day like, Sarah? Um, I'm up at half five, six in the morning. I go to work for nine. I work till um, this time of the day, collect children from school, look after them in the afternoon, take them to therapy, and then put them to bed at seven, half seven tonight. And then sometimes I have to finish work at night when they go to bed. And would she, would she sleep? She does sleep most of the time, yeah. But, you know, she's a child with a, um, with a life-threatening complication and if she becomes even moderately unwell, I have to call an ambulance and take her into hospital. And how often would that happen? How often does that happen? It happens a lot between two and three. It was every month. It settles mm. down, but it can happen at any moment. She could just become critically ill and you have to live with that level of stress as well. It must be a very difficult life for you. It's very difficult, yeah. So I don't think other people, you know, that earlier caller you had, you know, until she's until she's lived a couple of days in somebody's life and mm-hmm. even a few months, she shouldn't judge other people. And do you see, well, it's, is it difficult to see, and, and don't take this as an insult, by the way, yeah. but is it difficult to see a light at the end of the tunnel? Because every day to you must be like a Groundhog Day. It is a Groundhog Day, yeah. There's tremendous routine. I, I do see improvements in her and she's getting a lot of therapy and help. She wouldn't be verbal like some of those, you know, Mm-hmm. other parents' children and it is very difficult and she doesn't have the cognitive ability to understand what she's doing is wrong and occasionally she gets frustrated and tries to bite me if I do something like move her off an activity and, and it is, it takes tremendous maturity and depth of character to keep calm mm-hmm. she, she can't understand it, she does not understand it, it's not her fault I, I understand. I understand that, and 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 different to autism in the, in the sense that your child actually has brain damage, and yes. unfortunately for your child, it's it, no matter what way you work around that, it's very difficult for her to understand anything you're doing. Um, yeah. You know, and and I, I I obviously you you know the prognosis for that yourself. That's probably not going to improve with age. No, only fractionally if parts mm. in the brain will you know regenerate. But no, it's not. This is. This and is you have family to help support. I do, but they live far away. They live down the country. So okay. I'm quite All isolated, right. unfortunately. All right, well, Sarah, look, I wish you best. Look, I mean, you know, nobody ever wants to see anybody in that situation, but of course we do it for the love of our children, and that's the main thing, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, of course. It? Emer, you're on Classic Kids. How you doing, Emer? Hi, how are you? Uh, Emer, just in relation to the email that I got from somebody who wanted, who did put their child into residential care, you are, have a 16-year-old son who is autistic, non-verbal, yeah. and yeah. you're now, you feel like a prisoner in your own home. Well, we have 
Um, we'll say when Tig was 12, 11, respite, you could get it. But cutbacks, it's the first to be cut back. And now we get it once every two or three weeks. Mm-hmm. And, and how, long, how like, long would you get every two or three weeks? One, one day? Uh, one day, one night. Okay. One night. Um, like, as I was saying, this for the last few years now, my husband has gone with our other two children away on holidays and I stay at home. And mind my son. Because there's, there's nothing there, there's no help. But you can only do this for so long before you, you break down, you can't cope. And you, there's, there's no way you could bring him on holidays, no? No, no. Um, he would have no sense of danger. Tig would climb out a window. I mean, we've had the guards out looking for Tig because he'd walk in front of a car. He has no... And out, he's, he's a six-foot six foot two man. And how do you, you know? deal with that? As I don't know how big you are, Emer. As a, as I'm a about five foot one. Right, and how do you deal <laughs> with <fun>. that? <laughs> um, you just do. You just have to. You have no choice. Is he ever violent with you? He like he. I, we don't know how he did it now, but last night he cracked one of his permanent teeth and just pulled it out. No. Oh. You know, I mean, he isn't. He isn't. He can get outbursts, but because he can't speak, it's everything is frustrating. Right. You know, and it's frustrating for the other children as well because they can't have friends over, because we have to lock all our windows and doors. He, he because just, he'll just he'll just wander out the door. He'll just wander out the door. He'll go missing, and we live near a river, so he could just wander. He could just go. It must have been a tough sixteen years. Uh, as I said, no, it's only the last few years that it's got tougher. Cutbacks yeah. have affected us, and he's got older too, and more difficult to deal with. Obviously, you know, yeah, as he gets yeah, older, yeah, and like. Well, we were told when he was 11, apply for share care. And, like, it's just not coming. I mean, the money has been funded and it has been given elsewhere or there's no place for him or there's always an excuse. Would you would you consider, or have you ever considered residential care? No, we... we well, sh- if we got shared care... You'd be happy. Yeah. Yeah. That would, do, that would mean we would be able to look after him for another 10 years. Mm-hmm. The more help you get. And do you ever think of the future? Because it was, wasn't something I ever thought about, but when I spoke to the previous caller about her daughter, who's uh, a wheelchair user and also, you know, obviously has brain damage, yeah. you know, it's something I, that she thinks about her future. Like, what happens when I she's too old to look after of, him? I do. I think, I tell my other two children that he's not their responsibility. For me, no, I don't think of the future. For them, I don't want them burdened. I don't want them to feel they have to. And I don't want them to leave home because they're afraid they'll be burdened. Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hit.